This podcast contains swear words. Hey there. Welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, a podcast where I, Tara Cheyenne, interview artists, female-identifying and non-binary artists from across Canada, predominantly the west coast of Turtle Island here. And today, special episode, I am going to interview myself. Now, this interview was hard to get. I mean, the red tape, the hoops I had to jump through. What a prima donna. But I did indeed secure an interview with myself. So that is coming up. I'm a choreographer, an actor, dancer, writer, and educator. Woo, what a list. Living on the unceded ancestral territories of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish nations here on the west coast of Turtle Island. Right now, before I dive into this interview with myself, I would just like to please remind you. I know you probably don't need reminding, just like my child does not need reminding. I know, mommy. Um, to rate, review, like, tell your friends about this podcast. It really does make a difference, actually, and the numbers help us. The numbers help other people find the podcast so they can enjoy hearing about the wonderful artists that we interview here and the shows, the ideas, the artistic hacks and whatnot. And it also helps in terms of numbers because those look really good on a grant application, which is how we fund the company. But we do this podcast largely pro bono. So if you have the means and inclination to donate... That is so deeply appreciated. You can just go to our website, www.terrashyan.com, upper right-hand corner, donate. We'll also, we'll all show. Ugh, warm up your voice, Tara. We'll also link in the show notes. Okay, so here we go. Why am I interviewing myself? Well, I think it's kind of funny to interview yourself. And also, recently, I've had some mentees and younger artist folks that I work with asking me about my story. And I realized, oh, there actually is some value in the origin story. story. So with that in mind, what I've done is I've just gone to several websites that have artist interview questions. And I haven't looked at what they are. I'm just going to bring those up and I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability. And we'll see what happens. God only knows. I am currently recording this. It's almost the end of September 2022. The summer was good. The summer was emotional. The summer was a bit rough. I'm trying to get back into routine. Routine, I cannot stress it enough for people like me. And I think a lot of people, really. Routine helps so much. It's just somewhere you can hang your hat. It's like, well, at this time, I do this. I can't remember why I do it, but at least this is the thing I do at this time. All right. So first question. Tara. Yes. Yeah. Hey, hard to get this interview. What the hell's the matter with you? Well, I don't know. I don't want to talk about myself too much. Uh, It's a little, I don't know. Um, Okay, anyway, where are you from and how does that affect your work? (laughs) Where am I? Oh, that's a, okay. So I usually say I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta. 
C-A-L-G-R-Y, heart of the golden, don't quit your day job. Um, I mostly grew up in Calgary. I was born in Sudbury, Ontario. Didn't live there very long, so I don't really give Sudbury a lot of credit. Apologies, Sudbury, if Sudbury as a city you're listening to this podcast. But my formative years, mostly in Calgary, Alberta. And Calgary gets a bad rap. I think Alberta in general has poisoned the well for everybody in Alberta. But Calgary is, and I've interviewed some Calgary folks on this podcast, and there's a great art community there. There's an amazing community of theater makers and dance makers, musicians. So if you're in Calgary, if you are a Calgarian, oof, respect. Check out some of the stuff, High Performance Rodeo in Calgary. But I digress. Yes, you are off track, Tara. Do you think you could stick to the question? Okay, yeah, here's the thing. So in Calgary, I will tell you this. I was a member of the Young Canadians of the Calgary Stampede. It sounds kind of hilarious, and it was kind of hilarious, but it was amazing training. After I realized that the Royal Winnipeg Ballet School was maybe not for me because I was more interested in making the other kids at the bar laugh than I was at doing a nice pirouette. My pirouettes were kind of nice, though. I got to give myself that credit. I didn't understand why during the talent show at RWB, all the other little girls were in tutus. They were all doing, you know, little duets or solos. It was ballet school, so it's understandable that they would be doing ballet bits for the talent show. But I put on a sheet and green mascara and green eyeliner, and I did a soliloquy from Romeo and Juliet. And I was shocked that nobody found that utterly brilliant. What? Um, so anyway, after that episode, came back to Calgary and auditioned for The Young Canadians, which was free training all year if you got in. Tap, jazz, ballet, acro, singing, I learned how to walk on a globe and ride a unicycle, spin rifles, twirl a lasso. Amazingly, I'm not asked to do that very much anymore. Um, but it was amazing training. And then we performed in the grandstand show at the Calgary Stampede every year. Um, I have so many stories about that, maybe for another podcast. If you were a young Canadian of the Calgary Stampede, maybe you should come on the show and we'll do a little... Uh, what did the young Canadians give to your career? That's a good idea. Thank you, Tara. Can we please stick to the questions at hand? Okay. Who are your biggest artistic influences? Okay. Stand-up comedy. Stand-up comics. Female-identifying, non-binary, queer stand-up comics. Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> Hannah, if you're listening to this podcast, can we please go for coffee? Um... Tignataro and Mike Berbiglia, actually also big fan. Big influence there. Yeah. I mean, the list is long, so I, I won't go into it. But I feel that stand-up comedy is perhaps the most pure art form in that you're not hiding behind anything. I mean, there's a lot of technique involved, but it's just you out there kind of talking about what you think, <laughs> which is super vulnerable. Definitely going to cite my mentors, the late Nigel Charnock, who was one of the founders of DV8 in London. Huge influence. When I saw his show at the Push Festival, I think it was like 2004, 2005, 
here in Vancouver. He did his piece, Frank. He was hilarious. He was irreverent, amazing dancer. He threw candy into the audience. Kind of didn't give a fuck. It was just this creating a new form. And I guess when I saw Nigel, I realized, oh, maybe I can do whatever I want. And this whole idea of, well, what kind of dancer are you or choreographer are you or theater maker are you based on what already exists, that kind of went out the window. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, Another huge influence and mentor, Denise Clark, again, looping it back to Calgary, Denise from One Yellow Rabbit, who I do interview on this podcast, just a few back from this one, actually. So go look that up. She's a magnificent human being. Mixing, dancing, and talking. So big influences on me. Martin Short from SCTV does work with Steve Martin. Steve Martin, huge fan. You know, all the SCTV people. Yeah, dance people. Wait, I do go to shows, and I do really like dance. Pina Bausch blew my mind. That was amazing. Liked that. I did see Hot Brown Honey at The Cult recently. Not dance. Well, there's dance in it, but that's the thing here. What category does it fall into? I guess I gravitate towards work like that. If you're listening to this before, I think they close like early October 2022, Hot Brown Honey, or if you're anywhere where they are coming, please go see it. It's fucking fantastic. Decolonize and moisturize. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tara. It's really hard to keep you on track, but tell me about your favorite medium. Eh, that's not a great question. No offense. None taken. These aren't my questions. I got them off the internet. Okay, fine. Favorite medium. I'm going to say stand-up comedy again, and this is kind of interesting to me. One of the ways I've kind of realized I make work, and thank you to grant writing that we have to explain how we work and all that shit all the time. It's exhausting, but I'm not complaining. Thank you, funders. Thank you. Thank you. Part of the reason I can do this. But I also really find it hard to answer those questions over and over again. Anywho, how I make my work is often standing in front of several, one at the very least, collaborators in dance, in theater, sometimes performance art, sometimes designers, those folks. And I improvise as a way to start finding the material. I improvise based on whatever the thing is that I'm obsessed with in that moment. So going back to Highgate, which I made in 2013, like a year after I had my child. Any of you out there who have children, don't you look back on what you made or were able to accomplish when they were babies, frankly, until they were in elementary school, actually to date? And you're like, how did I even do that? Because I'm pretty sure I wasn't sleeping. So my child was one and a half when I made Highgate. But the reason I made that is because I read this book called Necropolis about London and the history of the dead in London. Picked it up on a whim. Incredible book. And I just got obsessed, especially with the Victorians. I mean, death was so very real, much more of a thing than it is for us. But hey, everybody, death's real. And um, do it now. Make the phone call now. If you need to pause this to make that phone call or just to book the ticket or whatever, go ahead, do that, and then come back. Okay, so maybe you've done the thing because death is real. Anyway, so I just started kind of riffing on Victorian death, currently riffing on, riffing, creating on gender and how I 
struggle with the boxes. The um, lady, I fucking hate that word. I mean, come on. Like, does anybody else have that issue? You know, you're standing there with another female presenting person. And um, so, hey, ladies, come a little closer. Um, Yeah, okay, so mediums. Okay, thank you, thank you. I'm just going to ask you to be a little bit more concise with your question answers, if you wouldn't mind. That was passive-aggressive of me. Mm. Where do you find inspiration? Everywhere. It's often the things that I'm, like, feeling really uncomfortable about. So body parts, which premieres at The Cult in May 2023. I made starting before the pandemic, but a lot of it in the pandemic. And to be perfectly honest, feeling so shitty about my body as I move further deeper into middle age and post-pregnancy and just feeling like, you know, I feel so crappy about what's happening to my body. I bet I'm not the only one. And of course, I'm not the only one. So I guess I'm interested in talking about all the things that we're uncomfortable with and the concept that shame is those feelings without communication when they're not out in the air. But we bring them out in the air and they transform from shame into connectivity, into ways of seeing each other and feeling more connected. Anyway, someday maybe I'll feel good about my body working on it. Next question. When is your favorite time of day to create? That's a great question. Actually, that's the first great question. Well, the first great, I mean, I did a lot of work finding these questions. I went to one website. I did one Google search. I mean, what do you want from me? Maybe a little more rigor. Um, I love to work in the morning. I'm a morning person. I like to get up at 5.30 and that's when my ideas happen in the morning. But I am learning that there are also little energy pockets. I'm currently recording this at 12.39. And I feel like this is kind of the end of my energy for the day. But early evening can be good too. I try not to caffeinate my ideas so much anymore. I used to do a lot of idea caffeination. I think a lot of you can probably relate to that. And just honor where my body is and where my energy is and not push it all the time. It's like half working. I don't know. If anyone has any hot tips on how not to be in that constant kind of pushing cortisol adrenaline place just to get through the day, I would love to hear those ideas. What motivates you to create? I feel like I've already answered that question. Maybe you have, and maybe you could elaborate on that. Motivates me to create is that we've got shit we need to talk about. Research is me-search. That's not mine. I got that off a podcast. We are more alike than we know if we just get our heads out of our own butts and talk about what's going on in our lives around us and dance it out also. I mean, I talk a lot in my work, but I so believe in the power of movement, gesture in the body in motion, um, just the body in image, just seeing each other. So much happens if we just get our heads out of our tele, uh, I was about to say telephones. <laughs> what is it, 1982? If we get our heads up off our devices. All right. Oh, this is a good question. Describe how art is important to society. Okay. 
This is like one of those questions you might get on a grant and then you have to answer. I'll try not to get too spicy. It's an essential thing. If you think about um, how we are as humans, you know, paleolithic, what do we got to do? We got to find food. This can take most of our time, which is part of the reason that most of us think about food all the time. And if you don't think about food all the time, I want to know how you manage that. Um, and then sex. So food, sex, taking care of our kids. And so much of our time then is communicating with each other, whether it's like gossiping, stand-up comedy, or storytelling, playwriting, or moving our bodies in either like a communicative way or ritualistic way. So it's what we do. We have to. It's a quality of life. Am I right? I get so irritated that you're going to recognize this one, but like, but you love what you do. You love what you do. So why does the money matter? It's funny. I just, again, with the searching for food and shelter, I'm so funny about that. I just, um, yeah, every day, every day, I just want to eat and um, have a roof over my head. I know, I know. Oh, habits. How do you define success as an artist? Again, that's a little bit of a capitalist question, or it could be. Maybe it's just I'm interpreting that way because I've been writing grants all the time. For those of you who might be earlier in your careers, or maybe you don't have your own company, it's not like the thing to do. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I inherited, well, was gifted. I was gifted the company from Chick Snipper. Her company was called Dance Stabat. And in 2007, she was like, I'm done with this. And she wanted to hand it over to somebody who was doing stuff, would keep it going. And I was delighted to have the infrastructure. But it's not the end-all be-all. It takes a lot of work. And I don't have as much time to just make shit up. And, you know, I just want to make shit up. And then do that made shit up stuff for other people and then talk about it. That's what I want to do. So that... Looping back to the question, thank you for looping back to the question because the tangential nature of the way you answer questions is a bit grating. Okay, that's fair. Um, success is having the opportunity to perform in front of people. It means having studio time and being able to be with amazing, wonderful, smart, funny, challenging people to make art with. That's success. I mean, I'm not going to say money is not important. It's important as much as we can just, like, live a comfortable life. Ah, but you live in Vancouver, so, yeah. If any of you live in Vancouver, you know what I'm talking about. Anywhere, really. But the big cities, ain't it hard? Does art help you in other areas of your life? Yes, absolutely. If I didn't do what I do... I don't think I would be able to handle a lot of the things in the world because life is very challenging. Life is suffering. And if you are like, oh, it's so it's so hard. and uh, I'm just here to tell you, because I did recently turn 50, so I feel like that gives me the right, might be wrong about that, to say, you know what? There's suffering. That's just what happens. That's life. It's not going to go away. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It's just the way it is. So maybe just spend some time meditating or do some yoga or go for a jog or phone a friend 
and see how you can metabolize the suffering. That's all I can really say about that. Carbohydrates are good too. Yeah, helps with everything. Although I'll say this for the other folks who might be parents. When you're standing around at the playground and there's other parents that, you know, like, hey, what do you do? Oh, blah, blah, blah. And you say, I'm a choreographer or I'm a dancer. You often get kind of a confused look and then uh, quickly like, oh, wow, look at the time. Oh, I'm getting a text. And it causes confusion. And I think that's our, our culture's fault because what we do is kind of mysterious and also maybe um, a little bit, what's the word I'm looking for is um, elite. Yeah, like there's that notion that it's elite and the average person doesn't understand it. And it's like, I don't know. Hey, half the time I'm watching stuff, maybe not half the time, a third of the time I'm like, I don't understand this. But I have learned how to watch art, how to participate in um I could go into more of that, but I feel like, yeah, could you not? And we'll just go on to the next question. How do you develop your art skills? My art skills? Well, good question. Good question. Um, training, training, practice, 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 practice. Keep doing it. Try and do it every day. And when I say every day, I don't mean you have to like go into the studio and make a 30-minute choreography or write a play. I mean, make a note, make an observation, draw a picture, have a conversation with somebody about art making. Let's do a podcast about art making. <laughs> Hello. Um, every day. So it's kind of there and you don't have to parachute into processes without the kind of through line. Miles Davis said, don't get ready, be ready. I like that. It helps me. And it's also that idea of just practice. This is the daily practice at whatever it is. And it kind of keeps you plugged in. Okay, well, there's more questions on this big, long website. Oh, my God, there's so many questions. Describe how we can encourage your career growth. We? What is this? Oh, in-depth questions. Do you have an existing customer base? See, that's interesting. It just gets capitalist right there. Yeah, I have opinions about that. Um, I'm just going to give you the rest of the origin story for now. Went to the University of Calgary for theater. You know, I was looking at going to... Tish in New York or UCLA. And I might have been able to do that. I think my dad was willing to fork over some cash, but I think I was too um, chicken. I think I was chicken. I think I didn't take myself seriously enough, still don't, as an artist to go to a school with that kind of cred. Anyway, I mean, University of Calgary was amazing. I got to study with Keith Johnstone, the parent of theater sports. So that was amazing. And then I went to Simon Fraser University for dance. At that time, it was a very much like a conservatory program. And then I did as much theater as I could. They said you could do a, a double major, but you couldn't. No, not possible. I'm thinking about going to grad school, doing MFA. I don't know. Anyway, anybody have any opinions about that? I'd love to hear your experience if you did the MFA. The idea of just focusing on art for a couple years with perhaps just dialing down the grant writing would be amazing. After that, I did a lot of collaboration with theater companies and dance companies, a lot of just mixing up the talking and dancing. Radix, when we first started, which is still a company hosted by Andy Lawrenson now, but back in the day, it was Stephen O'Connell, Lucy Simic, Judd Martell, Andy, myself, doing shows in parking lots, getting like wounds and having to get tetanus shots. We were so punk rock. 
And then I toured with Green Thumb Theater for about three, three and a half years, um, which I think was the best theater performance training I could have received. You perform in front of K to seven students all over the U.S. and Canada. You can't phone it in with those folks. You can't give them bullshit. They see right through you. It is an incredible test of your abilities as a performer. So amazing fun and uh, very, very hard. But I recommend it. I still would recommend doing that. Eh, Accidentally moved to South America for a few years. Came back here, danced with lots of choreographers, and just kept making pieces. And I have an audience. And I think I have a pretty unique audience. People from theater, people from dance, people who like comedy, people who like, eh, I don't really like that kind of stuff, but your stuff I like, which I'm very grateful. And I get to work with a lot of great people. And I'm 50, and I'm still doing this. My superpower is I won't go away. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Tara, for spending the time with us this afternoon to talk about your ideas, your origin story, and generally go off in too many directions for us to track. Hey, my pleasure. Isn't it interesting how kind of passive-aggressive I am with myself? Hmm. Good thing I have a therapist. All right. Now, once again, I'm going to remind you to share, like, love, star, heart, this podcast, share it with folks. And if you can, donate. Makes a big difference. That donate button, upper right-hand corner on our website, www.tarashayan.com. Get in touch with us. Instagram, Tarashayan, TCP. Facebook, Tarashayan Performance. Or you can email info at tarashayan.com. And thanking myself again for talking your ear off. Thank you for listening. Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne is a project of Tara Cheyenne Performance, produced, edited with original music by Mark Stewart. And Mark can be reached at markstewartmusic.com. Quoting James Clear, who wrote a great book called Atomic Habits. Again, routine, habits, love. He said, the more you create, the more powerful you become. The more you consume, the more powerful others become. Oof. Keep creating. Keep making shit up. I'm here. Reach out. Come to the shows. See some shows. Make some shows. We're in this together. This podcast is effing good. good.